This is why we have the best fans in the world. Welcome to Talk Direction, your weekly One Direction and Harry Styles podcast. I'm Lucia. And I'm Caitlin. And this is our 160th episode of Talk Direction. And I just messed up that intro multiple times, uh, as if I've never done this before, um, which is why I'm kind of laughing right now. But Caitlin, <laughs> how are you doing? Uh, how has your week been? Or really rather the last two days because we just talked and recorded like two days ago. <laughs> um, The past two days have been okay. I don't really remember anything that happened. Yeah. It was just, yeah, it was just like, I don't know. It was, yeah. It was just days. Yeah, guys, we're like trying to bulk up on our recording so that we have time for the holidays. So we're recording like another one in a couple days as well. Yeah. Yeah, we're taking a week off for the holidays. So... There's not going to be a new episode on December 31st. Um, you're going to get an episode uh, next week on the 24th, and then we're going to take a week off, and then we'll be back in January. Yeah. We wanted to take uh, Christmas week off because um, we'll both have our families around, and we just want to spend time with them. But we thought, like, well, we'll have to pre-record it anyways. And I was like, I, I, don't, I don't know. I thought maybe it would be nicer to have an episode for Christmas. Because, like, people are going home and traveling and stuff, so you can, like, listen to it in the car. Yeah. The Plus, like, for us to have Christmas week off, that would be, like, the following episode because usually we record the week right. before. Exactly. So, yeah. So heads up on that. We're missing a week. Um, yeah. Don't be alarmed. Yeah. Um, we have a Patreon that we have recently made some updates to, and we're doing some exciting things. So you can head on over to patreon.com slash talk direction if you would like to join. And um, chapter readings are back. So I've been doing a pod fic, a reading um, some chapters of a fic over there, and I just posted two chapters recently. And we also do TDDL, which is uh, Talk Direction Down Low, and that's a half an hour bonus episode. And the last episode we did was our Christmas plans, our Christmas traditions, and we also did 1D as styles of Christmas trees, (laughs) which was a lot of fun. And this episode, we're actually doing our first ever, well, our first ever collaborative fanfic book club episode. So we've chosen a fic to read um and our patrons patrons are also reading it and then we're gonna have a little chat about it on this tddl um yes is there anything else (laughs) we need to say in the intro (laughs) i don't think so okay great so last episode we did something called one minute news where Caitlin came up with this idea and she basically set her timer for one minute and we were only allowed to talk about each topic for one minute. And I really enjoyed it and I think you guys liked it too, so we're going to do that again. Although this week we have very little news because we just talked two days ago, but we'll do it anyways. (laughs) Um, Do you want to time us again? Sure. Okay. Let me get out my handy dandy watch. I'm ready. Okay, you can start whenever. Ready, set, go. Okay, so our first news item today is that Niall has released a flicker candle in his merch shop, and I think that is the most brilliant idea I've ever heard. Yes, <laughs> it's like I a vanilla-scented candle, and it's called Flicker, and it has little lyrics on it. And I really want it, but it last time I looked, it was only available in it wasn't available in the U.S. store, and it was going to be forty dollars with shipping. That's ridiculous. Um, Yeah. If it comes to the U.S. store, maybe I'll buy it. The candle itself is still $30, but. (laughs) What? The candle itself is $30. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I I really liked the shirt, the new shirt that. Yeah, me too. Well, that got sold out. It's so cool. The shirt got sold out really fast um, because I would have actually bought the shirt. But by the time I went back to look at it, it was already sold out. Well, it was still available in, like, extra small or something. 
Yeah. Well, they should bring it back because that's cool. All right. Time's up. Okay. Perfect. (laughs) Ready, set, go. Okay. So our next news item is that Liam attended the British Fashion Awards and he wore a beautiful black velvet suit. Did you see this suit, Caitlin? Yes. Oh my gosh. It was so, so nice. Right? I feel like he looked so suave and classy. Yeah. I was really into it. It had like, it had like silk what is it lapels yeah it was very beautiful um yeah i was hoping harry would turn up for the i know right british fashion awards but he didn't sadly yeah yeah also how does how did niall come out with a candle before harry i know (laughs) when harry comes out with his it's gonna have multiple wicks though you know that oh my god (laughs) i'm ready for it yeah me too Uh, We have 13 seconds, so. (laughs) I will stop it early. Okay, Okay, ready, set, go. Our last order of news is that uh, I miss Harry. (laughs) Same. So I was writing this doc, and I, I, like, we didn't have a lot of news because we just talked, but I was watching videos on YouTube last night about how Harry's live shows um, are gay culture. And I was like, just thinking about how much I miss him on tour. And I, I was to watching Harry tour. videos yesterday too, and I kept you saying were? to my dad, "I feel like we should watch the Harry Apple Music documentary." Oh, did and you? He was like, "No." Oh. <laughs> He's like, "There's no way I'm doing that tonight." Oh no! Well, I wrote, "I miss Harry" in the doc as part of the news, and then I was on the doc and at the same time as Caitlin, and she like typed in same, and then I like typed in sad faces. <laughs> I miss him. <laughs> Me too. We don't appreciate what we have till it's gone. Yeah, it's true. Emotional. But, you know, maybe something will come soon. Yeah, I just I just can't wait to see him on tour again. Me too. Because he's been around, but, like, it's yeah. been so long since he's been on tour. And, like, tour Harry is just its own thing. It really is. And you get content all the time. Now we get, like, weird, like photos of him where someone's creepily taking a photo while he's out to lunch or something yeah like, like i don't want to see me him uncomfortable in his hundred dollar socks <laughs> and his <stupid> loafers <laughs> after yoga i see him on tour yes agreed <laughs> all right time was up but i let it go on a bit <laughs> <laughs> all right so for our main discussion today we're going to be talking about a couple of different topics so the first thing we're going to be talking about is that Niall was on a podcast of George Ezra's podcast. So I don't know if you all are familiar with George Ezra, but he is a singer-songwriter. He has some quite popular songs out. Um, I think the most well-known ones are Budapest and Shotgun. Mm-hmm. And he started this podcast last year, and apparently they were trying to get Niall on for a long time. Um, and he, it finally happened this is they're in their second season right now. So the episode with Niall was released on November 18th. Um, and we're going to talk about this podcast for a little bit. And then we're going to talk about Zane's new single and track listing and all that. But first for the podcast interview, Caitlin, did you listen to this interview? I did. Um, I like George Ezra a lot. I like, I mean, I like the songs that I know of his and I've listened mm-hmm. to his like album maybe like, some of his albums, maybe, like, once or twice each or something. Um, I should go back because I, I do quite like his music. He performed on X Factor this year as well. Oh, did um, he? Yeah. He and... seems to be a big X Factor fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and he's cool. I, I think he's got some good music. And, oh, I'm so envious of the podcast he does. He's, like, interviewed, yeah. like, Elton John, Ellie Goulding, Niall. Mm-hmm. Like, his we do a music podcast, but... Ed Sheeran, like, what a step up he has to be, like, a musician. Um, So, yeah, that that would just be so cool to be able to, like, interview, like, the musicians that you listen to, and I guess he's friends with all of them. Um, But, yeah, this was really cool. I liked liked the interview a lot. I listened on, like, double speed, so it was quite fast, so I didn't get necessarily all the, like like inflections of the voice but i got all the content <laughs> nice. so yeah yeah he said that when he started this podcast he said he he had been listening to podcasts for a while and his the, the his favorite kinds were listening to like comedians on podcasts and he mm. he wondered if pop stars could be as honest as comedians so that was kind of like the inspiration for him to do the mm-hmm. podcast 
And he said he was like, oh, I'll just contact all my musician friends. And then he realized that he didn't have any. <laughs> oh. But he, like, not that he didn't have any friends, but he didn't have, like, a ton of contacts. But he said he just, yeah. like, reached out to people and, like, so many people just agreed to do it. Uh, That's so nice. This is what imagine? we should do. Reach out. <clears throat> yeah, but, like, they get an email from George Ezra and they're like, oh, I knew who that is. <laughs> Hey, they might know who we are. You never know. <laughs> That's true. We should just start, like, emailing um, everyone. Yeah. We might get responses. Who knows? Yeah. And just pretend like they should know us. Yeah. Hey, like, we're the hey. number one One Direction <laughs> podcast. <laughs> We've interviewed people such as... <laughs> name our listeners. <laughs> Martha, pretend like they're famous. Deb, <laughs> Kesha... <laughs> Yeah, I really enjoyed this podcast a lot. It was really nice because, um, like George said, it's, like, the best kind of podcast or, like, when it sounds like two people are just, like, two friends are just having a conversation. Yeah. And because he's a musician himself, like, you really get that feel from Mm -hmm. his podcast, Um, like, listening to Niall and stuff. It was, like, an hour. It was over an hour long, which is amazing. Um, But it felt, it sounded very natural and it was, it was, like, you know, it's, it's frustrating when you get interviews and stuff with, like, the boys or with any musician because oftentimes, like, the questions and, like, the conversation is, like, not exactly what you want to hear or, like, what you would ask. Mm-hmm. But, like, George is, like, a musician himself and he was like, yeah, I could talk about music for hours. So, like, everything he asked Niall and talked about, I was like, yes, that's so interesting. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I really liked it. And it, like, shows you that people do care about the music side of things like yes i wish interviews interviews were more geared towards that because i think fans of people care more about that it's sort Mm -hmm. of like the public eye who cares less exactly like aren't you making music for the people that you listen to like who Mm -hmm. listen to your music yeah yeah exactly and like i feel like in this like this pod this podcast interview is like I heard Niall talk about music more than I've ever heard him talk about music. Yeah. Um, I wanted Harry to go on. I feel like all the boys should get invited on this thing. Me too. It's a possibility, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what Harry feels about podcasts, but... Yeah, he's he's such a personal... Like, he's so private. Yeah. But if it's music-based, it's not it's not very invasive questions that they're talking about. But it's, like, all the questions we want, you know? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I also really appreciated um, George Ezra, like, wanting to talk about One Direction a lot. Because <laughs> mm, mm-hmm. I think when I listened to it, I was like, oh, I wonder if it's going to be like, oh, we're not going to mention the band at all. Because, like, right. I don't want to be annoying or, like, I want to focus on his solo career. But, like, mm-hmm. at the very intro, he was like, I have to ask you about this. It's so interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was a fanboy for sure. Yeah. And in the beginning, he was talking – he was just, like, acting – like flabbergasted at like just how big one direction was i know he was like giggling and he was like i found out as a band they sold over 70 million records and <laughs> just like giggled for like 10 seconds yeah and like for us we hear a lot of that stuff all the time but for him he really understands what that means because right. i doubt he sold that many you know yeah well it's like it's like us as a podcast if we look at other podcasts like that right have like you know hundreds of thousands of listeners or millions right. of listeners like that's like whoa because we do that Whereas yeah. if you're like an artist and then you see an, another artist sell over 70 million records like yeah. you know what that actually means whereas right. we don't really know what that means yeah <laughs> <laughs> and he also said niall's record had been streamed over one billion times and he was like can you believe one billion of anything <laughs> <laughs> i was like no actually i can't <laughs> yeah it's too much. Yeah. So I pulled some quotes from the interview, so we'll just uh, talk about them a little bit. Um, the first one was Niall talking about um, the venues that he gets to play at, and he was talking about, like, he already got to do, the, like, the large shows with, like, the lights and the fireworks, like, the stadium audience um, with 1D, and he said now it's nice to do shows that are um, more about the gig than the show. Yeah. Which I feel like really comes through in his shows. Like, I feel like last time we were talking about Niall live, I feel like I was trying to express that. Mm-hmm. But, like, I didn't think of the word gig. But, like, that's exactly how I feel about his live shows. Yeah. Because um, with 1D, it is very much, like, about the show. Like, you're going to, like, see 
a show and with Niall it's very much about like the gig like the music <laughs> yeah but even with 1D I would say they were more about the gig than some artists were like because they, they it's not like they had backup dancers and things on stage it was right. just them you know like you go to a Katy Perry show and there's mm. like or like a Taylor Swift show and I love Taylor Swift shows it's just there's so much more going on than just the music yeah so no, like, that's true and I don't like think a, yeah, I don't think Niall was saying it as, like, one's better or worse. But he was talking about later in the podcast how, like, the kind of band he is in now, it's, like, a standstill hmm. and play guitar kind of band. Yeah. Um, like, you look – like, it's not it's not that the other shows, like, aren't about the music, but it's, like, right. you know, with when you have, like, pyrotechnics and stuff, like – Yeah. You're going I'm just saying, that. I guess that, like, One Direction didn't even go for the full fanfare. You know, they were That's more – more withdrawn than a lot of especially a lot of stadium shows you know like ed sheeran is rare when you bring a stadium show and you just stand there and one direction obviously did run around the stage and do stuff right um i get but i guess maybe more later on they had less of the fanfare because earlier on they had like matching outfits and like yeah couch on stage and stuff yeah um and did like twitter q a's halfway through right (laughs) well i'm thinking about harry's shows now and how much those are a show right because he's got like the outfits and like yeah the whole thing is so like orchestrated and incredible mm-hmm. yeah um he definitely does not just stand there <laughs> no <laughs> i i, I want to know what he's gonna do to step it up next time yeah for real um niall also talked about signing with capital and he was talking about the music industry and he said the way that capital sort of treated him he said it felt like what the music industry must have felt like 20 years ago um he said where it's not all marketing blah 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 (laughs) i didn't know how to (laughs) um, what's the word transcribe that um Mm -hmm. he said it felt very much very much more like you go and make a record take as long as you want let us know when you're ready and you want to release music and he said it felt really organic um so that made me really happy that like that's the kind of um, people he's working with and like he yeah. is able to have that kind of freedom because I think that doesn't happen a lot yeah um, but Definitely. it also I think especially for new artists yeah like, I don't know it, it, it's because probably I mean who he's working with and the gravitas Niall has in the music industry yeah <laughs> yeah I think so too it was interesting because George was talking about how um, when you f- when you make your first record, it is more like that. Like you do have more time mm-hmm. to do it, and then later on, it actually gets less. Like you have less freedom because they want you to right. like get things out faster. Um, which I didn't really realize because I guess I would think it would be the opposite. So Niall talked a lot about his musical influences, and he said he didn't come from a, f- a musical family, but from a family that had a big appreciation for music. And he talked about his mom and how she had like a record player, and there was like always vinyls playing like every day um and he mentioned like the eagles and bruce springsteen lionel richie billy joel like a lot of late 70s stuff um and he also talked about how like he always knew from a young age the music if he was going to ever put out an album he he like always knew how it was going to sound yeah i feel like that was cool hearing about like his mom playing a record yeah because it was so specific yeah. Versus, like, just saying, oh, yeah, my parents used to listen to this music. Right. I love that imagery he created of, like, when he was little, his mom would... Even... Didn't he say she continues to put the record on? Yeah, like, he still said she still does it. He player? also said she's really OCD, and she um, she w- has always put a date um, of when she buys the vinyl, so she still has her collection, and, like, each wow. record has the date of when she bought it. That's amazing. Yeah. That's yeah. really cool. I love hearing about his family and stuff, because I feel like... Mm-hmm. Um, I don't hear about his family that much. <laughs> mm-hmm. Especially his mom. We often yeah. hear about his dad and we don't hear about his mom. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and he talked about touring and how they were both agreeing that, like, the touring life is addictive. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was talking about how different it is in America and, like, elsewhere. Because um, he said he did this tour in, um, like, Australia and Asia and they had been on 11 planes in 13 days. And, like, he said that was tiring. And he said he starts to ask questions like, did the shows suffer? 
Right. Um, but he said he loves touring in America because you're like on a bus and he said you kind of make the venue your home for the day. Like you have breakfast there, you shower there, you eat lunch, you do your, you do your sound check. And he said that feels like what touring should be. I don't know if I could handle that. I wouldn't want a venue as my home. I, would, I feel like I would want a hotel room at least. Yeah. This really made me think because I was like, the idea of going on tour on a tour bus is very, very appealing to me. Like, I think really? I love that. Yeah. Well, I love road trips yeah. in general. Um, yeah, I feel like I would really thrive off of that. But the idea of touring on a plane sounds like a nightmare. Yeah, that also sounds like a nightmare. <laughs> Both of them sound not so great for me. <laughs> I, I guess, like, I mean, tour bus could be fun-ish. But I, I just am so worried about, like, not having a seatbelt on and being on a bus and, like, sleeping. Oh. Like, that really freaks me out. So, yeah. I don't know. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was funny because they were also talking about venues. There's just so many things you don't think about, which is why I love getting content like this because, yeah, like, the touring thing – I mean, I, th- I think about it sometimes, but, like, hearing him talk about, like, being on 11 planes in 13 days. Mm-hmm. That is crazy. And then also they were talking about how um, – um, I just forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> I was going to say something related to planes, though, so let me go and you think about that. Okay. <laughs> um, BB Rex is doing a count over on her Instagram of how many planes she's been on the, in the oh. year. And last time I saw it was like 97 planes. And she's like, am I going to make it to 100 by the end of the year? 97? <laughs> 97 in <gasps> one year. Could you imagine? No, I can't. Like that is, that would be so exhausting. That's like a plane every couple days. Like, oh my gosh. Yeah, that is insane. I get, I get like plane sick. Mm. So that wouldn't work for me. I feel yeah. like if I went on tour, I would probably never leave America and everyone would hate me. <laughs> you could take a cruise. Have you seen that Kesha cruise that's happening? Yes. I, me and my friend Shannon were like signing up for it. And then we realized that we hate cruises. Oh, it was, it, it cost a lot of money, right? It's yeah. Not- and that. <laughs> I was like, wait, it was a free one. <laughs> we were like, wait, we'll be on a boat, we'll, which means we'll both get extremely no- nauseous and we'll be trapped with cruise people. Yeah. But also oh, Kesha uh, would be there. That would be so much fun. I know. I can't. The Kesha cruise. <laughs> so cool. Yeah. I remember the thing I was thinking of earlier. So they were talking about venues um, and I guess the outdoor venues that are here in America don't exist in the UK, which I like yeah. to really realize. Because um, now I was saying those are his fa- favorite venues to play at, like the amphitheaters, like where I saw him at the shoreline, mm-hmm. um, where there's like a lawn and stuff. He was saying like that kind of venue really suits his music. And he was like, it's a way to get a lot of people in, but it still have it feel like really personal and like really about the gig as opposed to being in like a stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was saying they, those just don't exist um, in the UK because I guess of the weather. Yeah, I yeah I I heard that I was when I heard that I was kind of like okay I guess that makes sense but also I lived in England for a year right. and there is kind of an exaggeration about how much it rains. Is there? <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's not that different. I really would love to know like the facts uh-huh. about like because like maybe there is more but I it was like. I was not blown away by how much rain. And usually when it rained, it rained so lightly compared to how it rains when it rains here. Right. Like, and obviously it's very different, like, where I live versus, you know, if you go to California or in the middle of the U.S., then obviously there's a huge difference. But, like, yeah. on the East Coast, it's not that different. Right. So, and we have outdoor venues. Yeah. So. I don't know. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, they were also talk. They talked a lot about venues, um, and George Ezra was talking about how he was like worried about his future tours and like if he goes to like big stadiums and stuff. And Niall was saying to him that it can feel small if you make it feel small. Hmm. Um, and I really felt that because I feel like that is how I feel about that's how I feel about Harry's shows and Niall's shows. Um, uh, that you can make it small if you want to. Yeah, because, like, the the shoreline where I saw Niall, it's, like, a huge venue. Like, there's tons of people there. And I was way up on the lawn. So I remember when we went, I was, like, worried that, I, you know, we were going to be too far away. Mm-hmm. But it really felt like we were just, like, right up close because that's how, like, he makes the show feel. 
Um, and I feel yeah. the same with Harry's shows. Like when I went to see Harry at his last tour, it was like his, you know, his bigger tours. So we were, there was tons of people in mm-hmm. the venue, but it felt small. Yeah, I agree. I feel like it's about the atmosphere you create, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, I looked up the facts. <laughs> you did? <laughs> and according to what came up on mine, now I didn't do a good search, but London gets an average of 601 millimeters, which is 23.66 inches a year. Oh. And uh, Connecticut, or I picked a city in Connecticut, gets mm-hmm. 48 inches. So <laughs> 23 versus 48, we get more than double. What is the truth? I, so I, I mean... Oh, here, okay, here another one says, oh, here, okay, look at this. According to climate data for London, the city averages 22.9 inches of precipitation a year. Compare that to the precipitation in major cities in U.S. cities, and London doesn't even make top 15 rainiest cities. Even New York City is rainier than London, with an average of 49.9 inches per year. So (laughs) London gets 22, New York gets 50. So I, I wonder am done. if it's the seasons, I, I have facts now, okay? <laughs> Could it be the seasons, though? Like, like here it only rains during certain months, but maybe in the UK it kind of rains random, more randomly? I think, from what I saw, it, like, it kind of, it, what, it, what it can do is, like, it can be sunny and then it can be rainy. When I say rainy, I don't mean rain like US rain. I mean mm-hmm. rain like... Uh, like light sort of dusty rain like like you know whatever and then it'll stop and it'll go sunny again so it can yeah. be temperamental but when it does rain it's pretty light and it changes quickly the yeah. u.s when it rains i swear it rains for like two weeks straight and it's pouring every day like yeah. <laughs> i don't know <laughs> so that's all i have to say about okay. people saying it's rainy in london because or in whatever because new york city has a lot of outdoor venues and so could London, it's not that different, and I'm yeah. coming for you, British people. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wrote this quote down um, because I thought it was really important, and it was George talk. Well, they, they were talking about, about how um, it's hard to complain about this job because they feel like they're so lucky to be able to do it. Yeah. Um, and George was saying that he came off tour once and was really struggling. And his dad said to him, he said, George, you're entitled to feel every emotion under the sun. Just because on paper it looks like this ideal life, it doesn't matter if one morning you wake up and you're finding it harder than others. And he said he thinks that's really important to remember just because you're doing something so monumental, you're still completely entitled to feel and to live. Oh, yeah. I like that. Yeah. I just thought it was so important. and um, And I feel like it relates to like, the chat we were having last episode about Zane and stuff. Mm-hmm. Just that idea that, like, even if you're doing something that, like, on paper, you should be, you know, it looks like you you would be just living the dream every day. Yeah. <laughs> you're still entitled to feel and, like, live, you know. Yeah. I agree. And I think that, like, goes for a lot of things wherever you're in your life. And mm-hmm. you're like, oh, I should be so lucky. Like, I'm so privileged. I'm in such a good position and I think that mentality is important but it's also important to recognize that like you know just because you have good things in your life doesn't mean you're all you can also be feeling like you know other things like sadness and pain and all that stuff so yeah yeah they also talked a lot about um like album cycles and like how fast um like you know, to put out records and stuff. And George was asking Niall about how, like, the fast album cycle in 1D was for him. And Niall said, "Um, you have to have life experiences to write about stuff, and that's where I struggled towards the end. I would have liked to have left gaps. At the same time, we were kids, and we were just having a great time. Um, And then later he was talking about uh, the time, you know, it takes to write an album, and he was saying to his his – label like if I go and disappear but when I come back the music's good then the time I was gone is non-existent wait say that one again he said (laughs) he said if I go and disappear for a while but then when I come back and the writing the music is good like the music I wrote is good then the time I was gone is non-existent it doesn't matter oh yeah 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 basically was saying like it doesn't matter how long it takes like 
if you write if you're writing good music um mm-hmm. it's gonna take as long as it takes um, and they were, talking, they were about, talking about like, Adele. Adele. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we can, she can go away for like 12 years and come back and they're like, we don't care. <laughs> You're amazing. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. And he said they were both talking about how like, yeah, it's, you need to have life experiences to be able to write. Um, and you also need to love what you're releasing because mm-hmm. you're going to have to play it. <laughs> yeah. And Niall said he was talking about his last show in Florida um, on this last tour. And he said, I've played 82 shows. I have not gotten bored singing any of these songs at any point. That's really good. That's amazing. And, like, I think that really comes across. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, like, we talk so much about Niall, how, like, we just prefer his live shows so much to the album. Yeah. And it really makes me wonder if it's, like, if it's, like, much more to do with the fact that he just is really so good at playing live than mm. anything about the actual album, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Especially because like, yeah, he definitely. talks about, like, when he writes his songs, he's envisioning playing them. Like, he writes his songs to be played live. Mm-hmm. Um, like, as he's writing them, he's thinking about standing on stage. He's, like, thinking about what, like, instruments are going to go where and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that does come across because the live performances are just so good. Yeah. And I feel like he needs to, when he does the production, whoever's producing the album needs to also have that mentality of being live. Yeah, it was interesting because at one point George said when he listens to the album, it sounds to him like a band in a room. And I was Mm. like, yeah, that's what we're going for. And it was interesting because I was like, that's not how I listen to it. No, I don't hear that at all. (laughs) Harry sounds more like a band in a room. Yeah. Yeah, that was interesting. Huh. <laughs> yeah, they were also talking about, um, I feel like we were talking about this a little bit too. Um, George said, there's this notion that every record has to beat the last. And if it doesn't, then that's not successful. And I think that's really unhealthy. As an artist, if you're happy with what you've written and recorded, that's the heart of it. And then Niall mm. was saying, if you're sitting there comparing, like, you, you know, each song you're writing to the last one and be like, oh, that's not that one's not going to be as popular as the last one then you're just going to ruin it for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's so important, too. And that's how I feel, too. Like, I get so frustrated, especially when I see people talking about numbers and stuff of, like, the boys mm-hmm. and, like, oh, is this record – did this boy get more – you know, sell more records than this one? Or, like, is this going to be more popular than this one? And I'm, like, that's not the point. Like, right. if they're putting out music that they love and you can feel that, then that mm-hmm. is all that matters. Like, it doesn't yeah. matter how much they sell, you know? Yeah. And I think, like – people will like the music that you like and that you've had joy creating. Right. You know, if I think that's the best way to make it. Yeah. To make music that's good is to like what you're making and enjoy the process rather than overthinking it. Right, exactly. It reminded me of the quote that Liam said in the magazine that's coming out um, tomorrow where he was talking about um, when he was write- when he was first starting to write, he was like wondering, like, you know, trying to write a single and like thinking a lot about, you know, popularity and stuff and then he was sort of trying to get away from that and be Mm -hmm. like let's just figure out how to just write music that's not about popularity I guess um and then Niall was talking at one point about um Julian Bonetta's dad he was talking about how he's really close with Julian's whole family because I guess they're all pretty big in the music industry um and Julian's dad said to him I can't wait for your when he asked how did you like the show when he like played his first show and Julian's dad said, I can't wait for your next record. And I was like, but how did you like this one? He's like, no, that doesn't matter. I can't wait for your next record. <laughs> but he said that's the biggest compliment because he was saying, like, your voice is, like, basically saying, like, you're getting so much better. And I'm, like, excited for the yeah. future. Yeah. I, I totally – I I really agree with that. I feel like – because we were talking about getting better at guitar, which I can't really tell because I don't know guitar. Mm-hmm. But, like, how you're progressing – by playing tours you get better and better at the guitar mm-hmm. but I, we definitely can notice Niall's voice like being stronger from you know from the beginning of 1D all the way till now yeah like getting stronger and being able to sing songs and like developing and just like also as he's getting older his voice is changing because like you know voices change over time and it's got right. that like deeper gruffer sound yeah um and it'll be cool to see how he puts that in to his next album. Yeah. Well, that was what was the most exciting for me in this interview was when he was talking about 
what sound he's going for for the next album because they were talking about yeah. slow hands um and george was saying how it sounded like a bit more electronic and niall was saying that that's the sound he's going for on the next album and yes, he's like i was so happy i know he was like not electronic but like dirt dirty yeah <laughs> get that grit in there yeah which made me really excited because i definitely want his next album to be mm-hmm. gritty yeah because the first one was quite sweet i would say yeah he said that damien rice was like his main influence like he said he first mm-hmm. picked up a gu- picked up a guitar because of damien rice's album mm-hmm. um and damien rice is like very soft like beautiful acoustic uh-huh. soft music um, which I love, but I'm really excited that he's going to have more dirt yeah. on the next album. Yeah. Ugh, I cannot wait for it. <laughs> Me too. I, I wonder how each of the boys' m- music influences each other. Like, yeah. does Niall hear Harry's and say, like, okay, like, maybe I want something kind of, like, you know, put that rock edge. And then does mm-hmm. Harry hear, like, slow hands and is like, oh, you can do kind of a classic thing that, you know, also fits into modern music quite well. Like, yeah. I, wonder. I don't know. I, I wonder if they pull from each other that way. Yeah. Yeah, it was all, also really nice hearing him talk about um, playing 1D songs. He was talking about Fool's Gold, and he was like, he said hearing 10,000 people sing it, singing it back to you, you just can't put a price on that. Yeah. I mean, those are the most beautiful moments. Yeah, I love that, those moments in his shows. And he was talking about how, like, sometimes you'll go to a show and, like, the artist is like 200 shows deep and you can tell that they're just like not in it mm-hmm. um and he's like fair enough you're 200 shows deep but he said he still like he doesn't feel like that and he's he says like nothing can take away how that feels like even if you're if, if you've done it like what you know 82 times <laughs> yeah he said it still feels incredible yeah i love I love when George was saying, I, I hate to say this, but it seemed like you were the guy in the band who just couldn't believe like what, yeah. what was going on the whole time. And you were like blown away. He said, yeah, you look like the person who couldn't believe his luck the most. Yeah, he really did. That. <laughs> and I feel like that comes across. And that type of thing, when you look at an artist, even though there are 82 shows in and they're standing on, sha- on stage in awe of what's happening, yeah. that's just a, such a feel-good moment. Like, <clears throat> I love that, you know? Yeah. When you realize that they're still, they can't understand how this is happening to them. Yeah, it's so cool. Yeah, they were talking about that too, about Niall was saying when he was, when he was like at Red Rock specifically, um, he said there, those are those, those moments where you're like, the, the like I made it moments and George is like yeah. it's amazing that you can still have those moments this far in your career hmm. and I feel like that's just like how Niall is he's just like yeah he just loves it yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like his his personality like you know people in real life who are like that who just mm-hmm. like get excited over things like that yeah like just small wonders I mean those are big wonders but you know yeah <laughs> and bring joy in every moment so yeah it's so interesting to hear him talk about the band too because like, I feel like, like, obviously, like, you know, our perspective is very different from George's because George is a music person. But even him, he's, like, nowhere near on the scale that, like, One Direction was. Right. And so he was asking about, like, he was just talking about, like, how big it was and, like, you know, did it ever, like, feel, like, you know, did they have a, 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 a like, perspective on how big it was? And Niall was talking about how, like, they were really in their own bubble they said he said they had the same touring crew for five years like the same security like it was the same people and they like didn't really think about like the scale of like how big they were right which i feel like is part of the reason that um they were able to like stay a band for so long and Mm. and like be successful for so long um because for them it was like they were kind of you know still in their like little bubble with their like little family of the same people you know yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Because then you've got people to ground you. Yeah. Well, something I, I, like, wonder a lot about, like, I mean, I think we know, because we know, you know, they have, like, like, I know the drummer, like, they have the same drummer at every tour, but you do wonder, is it, like, are there just, like, hundreds and hundreds of people behind the scenes that they have to interact with? Yeah. But it seems like there's really not. But, like, when they have those big crew photos, there are hundreds of people. And they're yeah. like, this crew's been with us for the, you know, whatever. Well, I guess it's it's, it's like, hundreds of people, but it's the same. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I really enjoyed this interview. If you guys haven't listened to it, you should definitely go give it a listen. And listen to the other episodes, too, that um, George does, because they're all very enjoyable to listen to. 
Which ones have you listened to? Um, I listened to um, I listened to the Elton John one. Niall specifically talked about how he really enjoyed that one, and he's like really into Elton John right now. Mm. So that made me want to listen to it. And then I started listening to the Ellie Goulding one recently. So now we're going to get into talking about Zane's uh, recent updates. So when we're recording this, it's Wednesday morning, which means um, he's actually going to be having his album listening party tonight. And then. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. And then he's going to be putting out his album on Friday morning or Thursday night. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's so soon. It is so soon. Yeah. So he um, he has a new song out called There You Are, and it was debuted on Beats One with Zane Lowe um, yesterday, Tuesday. And when he first talked about how this song was going to be debuted on Beats One, I thought he was going to be there. Like, I thought he was yeah, going to be so on the, on I. the I phone. I thought it was an interview. Yeah, or at least, like, at least, like, a little clip of him on the phone. Yeah. But it wasn't. It was just the song. So that <laughs> <I> was kind of <laughs> disappointing. He made a big deal out of it. And I was like, okay, you drop random songs all the time. Exactly. <laughs> I was, like, ready for some big interview with Zane. Yeah. With Zane and Zane. Yeah. And I really love Zane Lowe. And I love his interviews with artists. Mm-hmm. I think he does a good job. Yeah. Um, He has an interview with Zane as well that I really enjoy. I like that one a lot. The one he did for his first album. Yeah, where they're, like, sitting in on those – bleaches yeah Yeah. so this song was written by joe garrett levi lennox michael hannity's anthony hannity's and zane and it was produced by levi lennox and um make you no love which is michael hannity's and anthony hannity's um we've been seeing their names a lot so it seems like they have really contributed um to a lot of this album Wait, they're brothers? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Anthony and Michael are brothers, and their, their like, name is Make You No Love, or M-Y-K-L. That's, mm-hmm. like, their duo name. Michael. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting how it's written because, like, like, for the production credits, it's, like, their duo name. But then for the writing yeah. credits, it's, like, each of their names. And I'm like, what is that about? <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, let's get to more important stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, what were your first impressions of the song when you heard it? Um, I thought it was good. I the whole um phrase "there you are," I liked that. It kind of felt like that moment where like you're like, oh, there you are. Like, there's, that's mm-hmm. what I'm supposed to have. Like, that kind of relief moment. Yeah. Like, when you find, like, you find your person or you get reunited with someone who, like, makes you feel like home or whatever. Yeah. I that. Um, I thought it was quite catchy as well. Yeah. Um, and I think it fits in with what he's been giving us, similar sort of, like, lyrical style, similar music style. I think it, mm-hmm. like, fits in well with the other songs. Yeah. What about you? Yeah, I liked it a lot. When I first heard it, um, I was really, like, moved by the um, the chord progression into the chorus. Mm. I don't know. I haven't, like, dissected it enough, and I don't know enough about music theory anyways to, like, tell you what it is. But, <laughs> right. you know, the verse is, like, very low, and then when he goes into the chorus, it, like, it just, like, like gets higher and higher. It kind of yeah. like it's it's almost like it goes higher than you expect it to. And like similar to Good Years, there's like a very cinematic feel to this song for me. Yeah. Um, and then the chorus is just like so like full of like it really makes you feel what they're saying what he's saying. Um the lyrics of the chorus are like, There you are, you're there with open arms, there you are, and I run. Mm-hmm. And like the music and his voice like really make you have that feeling of like, you know having that person um i like yeah. this song a lot i think it's very good it it sounds very similar to one direction similarly to good years um so this makes me excited for the rest of the album um we had a couple of listeners write in or comment on twitter um mandy who's music fan underscore 27 
said, I really like it. I hope most of the other songs sound like this. And Stephanie, who is at Never Your Girl, said, made me smile IRL in the can't help but smile way. I love it. It has some similar vibes to Goodyear's, I think, especially his vocals in what I reckon is the chorus. But it's less sad, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then she said, I definitely want to hear it live. Um, yeah, I agree. so it seems like, I feel like people are liking. So cool. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I think there's a delay. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think live would be really, really cool with this. I just, I just want this live, but with like an entire, um, like, what is it, like orchestra band behind Ooh, him? Yeah. Like it, it seems like this could fit in like a 007 movie or something. Yeah. Have like some intense like very like you said cinematic like get the strings going like (laughs) you know the different instruments like uh, i don't know yeah i would love to see this live with like this soaring chorus it would be beautiful yeah and i think part of what makes it sound like a 1d song to me is like in the chorus there's so many voices i mean i'm sure it's just zane layered but it sounds like there's like a literal literal chorus of voice of voices behind him yeah Um, and it's nice to just get like a sweet song and it, and it's like it's a happy sweet song but it's also like there's also obviously a lot of sadness in it as well because um, mm-hmm. he's talking about like basically talking about how he's he like has struggled and this person um, I think most people are assuming it's a song about Gigi but we don't really know um, but about how this person's really there for him and it also I found this song to be really vulnerable like in a way that we haven't really seen from Zane before. In what way would you say? I don't know. Like, just these lyrics, like, I got myself in a mess, and without you I'm in more. Oh, I'm a little drunk now. That's why I went to war. Oh, yeah, you are my sober when I'm on the floor. I don't know. just like a vulnerability in him sort of admitting that he's a mess and that he got himself there. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know I what definitely I mean? see that in these lyrics. Yeah. And then and then just like relying on someone else. That like too, that yeah. That idea of like, you make me strong. Like, mm-hmm. need you when I'm hot and when I'm cold. Yeah. Like, need you when I'm young and when I'm old. Like, it almost, even some of it remind me of like, well, it could definitely be romantic. Like, it reminded me of like a caregiver. Yeah. Like, just someone who's there for you all the time. Like, right. you know, a, a parent or, you know, someone this friend who's just always supporting you right um it just has that quality to it yeah exactly and he doesn't actually say like i'm sorry in the song but he says only you forgive me when i'm sorry even when i messed it up Mm. there you are Mm. um which is like a a contrast to him saying in good years like neither neither one of us wants to say we're sorry and i feel like a lot of his songs like have that sort of attitude of like a bit more anger, a bit more, like, bitterness. <clears throat> yeah. Um, so I liked seeing this kind of vulnerable side of him. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I'm yeah, looking forward to the rest of the album. Yeah, and you guys will have heard the album already. Oh, my God, right. <laughs> Although, who knows if you'd make it through the whole one, because it is going to be a process listening to that Definitely. Album. Yeah, and I'm, I, now with the, now that we have the title and stuff, like, I'm constantly looking out for themes and this one definitely has it because like the outro says when you're caught up in the crowds when you're up in the clouds mm. there you are yeah yeah do you have anything else you want to mention about the song I don't think so okay so we also got this week the um what I'm assuming is the official album art and yeah, the full I think track he listing said that. okay good yeah so it was yeah. it was um it was a really cool video on Twitter and Instagram where it was like it was like this dark cloudy sky and there was like thunder and lightning and then these like wings flashed out and then the actual album artwork is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. What do you think of it? I love it. And it's so funny because just two days ago we were kind of looking at the album art that was the placeholder yeah. album art and going like, I hope this isn't the actual <laughs> one because it seems like it's a step down. Yeah. Um, but thank goodness it wasn't the actual one because I was like, that just, with the when it was just the Zane and it was in that font, right. I was like, that is just too plain. Yeah. There's nothing special. This album art is so cool. Um, it's like a stormy, cloudy, like 
storm night mm-hmm. and it says icarus falls at the top and zane at the bottom mm-hmm. and then in the center there are these like metal angel wings and like yeah. ribs and they're on fire with like blue fire it just seems so cool and it's perfect for the icarus falls yeah. like ah uh, i just it's gorgeous the way that the wings are done so metallic mm-hmm. and shiny it like really looks like they're there yeah um, it's the super beautiful like, I would absolutely buy stuff with this on it. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it makes me more excited, too, because, like, I was feeling a bit nervous just with everything, how everything was going down, like, the last couple of weeks about, like, about, like, this being, like, some kind of album dump or, like, something weird going on. But, like, hearing the latest songs and then, like, seeing this album and then seeing the track listing mm-hmm. made me feel a lot better because I'm like, okay, like, this actually seems, like um, – cohesive and like he's he's doing what he wants and stuff so yeah yeah i was really relieved to see um some nice album artwork like this yeah it's so pretty though my one question i have is why there's no option to buy a physical copy of his album yet (laughs) really (laughs) that about yes you can only buy a bundle on his website there's like one bundle you where you can get like two shirts in the physical album but there's no like just buy a physical cd Will there will it be in stores? Do you think? Maybe. I mean, I'm sure he's gonna put it out, but I'm like, yeah. why isn't it available for pre-order? That seemed odd to yeah. me. I don't know. Maybe he's trying to get those t-shirt sales. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I really hope that he does a vinyl of this one, and like mm. puts like a lot of art on it. Because can you imagine like this cover on a big vinyl? Yeah. Uh, it would be gorgeous. I would want it. Yeah. Like it's just so pretty. This this is such a great album cover. Yeah, I like it a lot. Yeah. So then we got the track list, the full 27 songs. I feel like I haven't even absorbed this track list. There's just too oh, me neither. many songs on it. Yeah, me neither. I mean, not in a bad way. I just mean there's so many that, like, I can't – I'm like, okay, I don't know what all their names are. Like, yeah. what's going on? Like, Yeah, it was interesting because um, I asked people on Twitter before we had gotten this track list, like, what people think. Um, and Stephanie – um, who was at Never Your Girl said, my first thought read the 27 tracks was that it might include instrumental and spoken slash poetry interludes. Hmm. And then like actually just like an hour after she had said that, the actual track list came out. And it does have interludes. <laughs> and I hadn't thought of that before, but I was like, right, of course, because his first album yeah. had, I think you mentioned that. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, you said that his talked about his first album having like the intro the intro and the intermission and stuff um so it seems like this one i don't know how many it's gonna have but track 13 is called icarus interlude um and i wonder if there's a thematic switch over there yeah i wonder are there any of these off of these titles are there any that you're like especially looking forward to um do you want to read all of them Okay, yeah, including the ones we don't have yet. I mean, including the ones we already have. Yeah. Okay. So I'm just going to go through it. I'm not going to say the numbers because it'll just be in order. So we have Let Me, Natural, Back to Life, Common, Imprint, Stand Still, Tonight, Flight of the Stars, If I Got You, Talk to Me, There You Are, I Don't Mind, Icarus Interlude, Good Guy, you Wish You Knew, Sour Diesel, Satisfaction, Scripted, Entertainer, All That, Good Years, Fresh Air, Rainberry, Insomnia, No Candle, No Light, Fingers, and Too Much. Nice. <laughs> such a long track listing. It is. Um, okay. I mean, when I see Imprint right away, I'm thinking of, like, Twilight. Yeah. <laughs> imprinting and <laughs> there was a podcast that i twilight podcast that i used to listen to that was called imprint so really that's where my mind goes watch this um, be a song about twilight oh my god literally it's the jacob edward love story song we've never had before <laughs> uh, i i don't know that's where my mind goes on that so i'm interested in what that is mm-hmm. flight of the stars sounds amazing yes like that sounds very related to like icarus totally um, I'll be interested in what the interlude is. Me too. Um, 
I don't know. Satisfaction. I'm trying to like figure out which titles would make good singles titles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I don't know. Yeah. Um, none of them. None of them are very telling titles. You know. Yeah. They seem a lot like they're just words in the song, or like, you know, they could go a lot of ways. So it's not like Definitely. I'm like, oh, I know where that one's going. You know. Yeah. Um, I think if we hadn't gotten Rainberry, I'd be interested in that because it's kind of different. Yes. Definitely. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Flight of the Stars sort of has like a bit of a uh, adventure to it, a story, uh, something that I can grab onto. So that that makes me interested in that one. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think Flight of the Stars is the one that intrigues me the most as well. Mm-hmm. And I, I do wonder how many, like if there are going to be little spoken word or little poetry things or like other little interludes. You know, some of these songs could be like 30 seconds of yeah some little bit of music we just don't know like stand still could be 30 seconds of silence you just don't know um track 12 is called i don't mind when i first saw it i thought it was gonna be that demo he put out which is actually i won't mind oh when i first thought i got so excited i was like oh my god we're finally getting that on an album because i love that song and then i saw someone comment underneath and that said oh i thought this said i won't mind and i was like dang it wait what is that then is it out is that song i won't mind yeah it's only on youtube oh okay yeah i don't remember how it came out it it came out before it came out i think i think even while he was still in 1d or just after he had left Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I kind of remember. It's really pretty song. It's like just acoustic guitar and him singing. Mm-hmm. Um, the lyrics are really pretty. Um, but it seems like that's not that's a different song. Mm-hmm. I'm excited too for scripted. I feel like that's gonna mm. be interesting. Yeah, there's some like scripted, all that. Yeah. Uh, like some of those definitely could have, you know, back to life. They could have meaning. Yeah. Like the 1D leaving and yeah, coming back and that type of. Yeah. I do hope that there's going to be like some sexy songs on this album because so far we have not really gotten any. <laughs> I know. Like he had a lot on his last one. Yeah. Sexy songs. And none of these jump out to me as going to be sexy. Maybe natural. I, could I feel that. like some of them could. I feel like natural could be. I feel like tonight, if I got you, talk to me. Yeah. Um, Satisfaction all that fresh air those could all be yeah i see i think fresh air i'm like oh is it like finally stepping away and getting some fresh air like- <laughs> well i know that's so interesting because like i feel like based on the songs we've gotten so far and stuff like that's totally where my where my mind is too mm-hmm. um i think this album's gonna be a lot more i don't know if i want to say a lot more emotional but i think it's gonna be very different from the first one yeah because even like the love songs like let me and now the one we just got what is uh-huh. it called? Uh, uh, there you are uh, there you are they're much more like deep emotional love and not so right. like, so much like the sexy side exactly <laughs> like bright or like some of those other ones yeah. pillow talk even like they were very like take it off sexy zane you know yeah take it off <laughs> like i love Wrong. those they're so fun yeah yeah we'll see i guess yeah there has to, there has to be at least a couple out of 27 yeah. songs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we're going to get this album so soon. Do you have any other um any thought any other thoughts or prediction last minute predictions you want to make? Um nope, I don't think so. I feel like I feel like I've said it all, but I'm excited and yeah, I think we'll probably do like a live show on Friday, although this is coming out on Monday, so you you've missed it already. <laughs> but maybe we'll save it to the Instagram so you can go watch. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we would love to hear what you thought about the show and your opinions on anything we talked about. Please feel free to send us news stories or anything one direction related you would like to hear us talk about on future episodes. Thank you for listening to episode 160 of Talk Direction. Wait, is this episode 160? I think so. Okay. I hope that that was the typo and not the 160. Yeah, it is 160, I believe. Perfect. (laughs) You can follow us on Twitter at talk underscore direction. Email us at talkdirection at gmail.com. Find us on Tumblr at talkdirection.tumblr.com. 
or on Instagram at Talk Direction. And you can follow us individually. I am Lucia O L U C C I A O H on Twitter and Instagram. And Caitlin, where can people find you? I am at Caitlin I R Foster. That's C A I T L I N I R Foster on Twitter and Instagram. Great. Um, you can go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash talk direction, where um, we will be talking about the holiday themed fanfic um, that we have just read or will be reading soon. <laughs> <laughs> that neither of us have started. Uh... <laughs> I'm really looking forward to that. Um, you can subscribe to this po- podcast on iTunes and leave us a review if you like. Um, I think reviews help people to like discover the show. Um, and you can Way also listen on SoundCloud. Steal what, what's his name said on his podcast? What? <laughs> That's exactly what um, Ezra said at the end of his. That's why he changed it. We need he to tell people to leave us reviews. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> us a review so other people can discover the podcast you guys <laughs> um i'm lucia i'm caitlin thank you so much for listening we'll see you next time for episode 161 bye bye need you when i'm broken when i'm fixed need you when i'm well when i'm sick Friends that I rely on don't come through They run like the river, but not you Can't see when